feeling love that you would take my place that you would bear my cross you would lay down your life that I would be set free oh Jesus I sing
say hi to somebody. My name's Allie, and we're glad you're here. If you're new here, go ahead and pick up one of these forms from the seat back in front of you, fill it out, and drop it in the offering bag as it goes through. 2023 Women's Retreat is coming up this September. Registration is open now. Payment plans are available, and registration is fast and easy. See Cindy or Shonda at the information table for details. Our next baptism is Sunday, June 25th at Carmody Park. Come celebrate with those getting baptized in the creek at 2 p.m. See you there. for watching the announcements. If you need any more information, go to our website or pick up a bulletin. Thanks for being here and enjoy the service. Good morning. How are y'all? Good? Happy Father's Day. Oh, happy Father's Day. Thank you very much. Happy Mother's Day. Whatever. Um, let's see. We're going to take up the offering. Uh, the youth went on a retreat this week. It was awesome. And, uh, Marco say a little bit, they, we did the ministry outreach, which is really cool. And, uh, we do a thing in the summer called Disciple Youth SOS, and it starts Friday at 10 o'clock for kids sixth grade and up. And we come here and we do some discipleship stuff, and then we go out and do an outreach. Then we go eat lunch, and I bring them home. Okay, so if you have a kid, send them. It, it's fun, and uh, they'll learn some scripture, and they also learn how to serve people. Okay? So, um, Pray for some different people. Susan Super, I just found out in the hospital. She never tells me that, but uh, remember her in prayer. My mom fell last night, so she was in the hospital, supposed to go back home or back to Otterbein. So anyway, any other prayer requests? Somebody wants to say one, and we'll pray for them. Speak now forever. Hold your peace, right? Okay. Okay, Lord, just thank you uh, for what you're doing. I pray, God, for these that, that are sick, that you just be with them and heal them. Lord, I pray that you'd bless their families. And God, we ask you to bless the offering today. Lord, thank you that we could, that we can give to you because you first gave to us. In Jesus' name, amen. So wherever the ushers are, they'll do their thing. Maybe. Maybe not. I'll leave it.
Today's Father's Day. On Mother's Day, I always do flowers and candy, right? And the, and the women like it. But when I do this for dad, sometimes women complain, which I don't know what that's about. One year on Mother's Day, I had a chocolate fountain down here. And it was awful because when it spilled out on the carpet, it was like lava and just got hard. But anyway, Father's Day, uh, guys, I think, get ripped off sometimes. So if you're a guy, stand up. You don't have to be a dad. Just stand up. All guys, stand up. Speak, you know, I want to say a prayer for you. So, Lord, I thank you for the guys in our church. I ask you to bless them. I thank you, Lord, for how you made them in your image. And, Lord, I pray you just help them as they minister to their, their families, where they work, that they will demonstrate uh, your love and what a real father is. In Jesus' name, amen. But don't sit down because I have a beef, a Jack Link's beef stick for you guys, if you want one of these, and famous Andy chocolate chip cookies, and... Peanuts or cashews or whatever. So come on down to the man cave. You can get it. You can eat during church. Mark won't mind. I don't care what you know where he minds or not. So come on down. And if you can't come down, if you're, you know, come grab one. In the in the gray thing is diet coke and water. In the blue thing is coke and sprite. And I got we have a man that's working in the nursery today, so I got to take him a coke and some famous Amos cookies. Good job. Mm-hmm. How about the good, good father? It's who you are. It's who you are. It's who you are. And I'm loved by you. It's who I am. It's who I am. It's who I am. Oh, and I sing. Searching for it. 
All right, good morning. How we doing? Good? All right. If you have a Bible, turn to me with to John 13. If I sound like I'm stopped up, I am. Went all week feeling really good, breathing that mountain air, and then come back to Ohio and instantly congested again. So if I pass out during the sermon, I apologize. Just... Just leave me there and go home. It's all good. If you need a refill during the sermon, by all means, come up and grab something. And, uh, yeah, so you guys all right? Summer's in full swing. And so <clears throat> I always like to start off by just simply being quiet, being still. We live in a world that's full of distractions. And if you're like me, you got stuff going on in your head that you're thinking about that you got to get done after church. And so I like to just take a few moments simply kind of to center down and open our hearts and our minds to God and try to be present. And so, um, so go ahead and just find, make yourself comfortable and we'll take a few moments simply to kind of center our hearts to God. So God, we just invite you into this space. We ask that you just open our hearts to you in this moment. So, Father, we thank you for this morning. 
Thank you for this time that we get to share with one another. And God, we bring all kinds of stuff into this room. We bring in worries and frustration and anger and anxiety. And we know that we were not created to carry that stuff on our own. And so we hand it to you here in this moment. We ask that you just fill us with your grace to continue just every day. And so we ask that you just open our hearts here in this moment. Holy Spirit, we ask that you come and speak to us. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. Okay, to give you the context of what's going on here in this passage, Jesus is at his last supper with his disciples. And if you're not familiar with the scriptures, Jesus lived on this earth for three years. He, or he ministered, he lived on this earth for 30 something years, but he ministered to his disciples for three years. And he is going to be betrayed. He's going to be falsely accused and sentenced and put to death. And so this is kind of two, three nights before this is getting ready to happen. Actually, the night before it's getting ready to happen. And he's hanging out with disciples and he's eating. And in the middle of the dinner, he gets up, he washes their feet, and they're confused by this. And at this point, Judas has left the meal to go betray Jesus and his friends. And they're sitting around the table, and they're having a conversation. And Jesus says this to them. He says, my children, I will be with you only a little longer. And you will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I am going, you cannot come. But a new command that I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. If you, what's it say? Love one another. So we've been in this series on love and what it looks like to love as Jesus loved. And last week, for the last two weeks, we've looked at what's known as the greatest commandment to Love God and to do what? Love your neighbors as yourself, right? In this moment, Jesus pushes the bar a little further because of what he says here. Notice what he says. He says, verse 34, go, yeah, 34, a new command I give you, love one another. And then what does it say? As I have loved you. So, We've been looking at this idea that Jesus calls us to love God and love our neighbors as ourselves. But in this moment here, right before he's getting ready to leave, he pushes the envelope and he says to the guys, listen, I don't want you just to love God and love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to love the way that I have loved you. Now, why would Jesus do this to us? (laughs) I would say this, because you're only going to love in your own way, right? There's a particular way that I see the world. There's a particular way that Mark loves. But it's going to be different, perhaps, in the way that you love. Does this make sense? Or, like, my understanding is going to be different the way than, than Chuck loves other people. And so, when it comes to simply loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves, we're only going to love as best we can. Jesus wants us to love further than that. He calls us to love one another the way that he loved us. Which I'm like, 
dang, that sucks. Right? Because that's going to be hard. Because I'm going to love pretty good, but I'm only going to love so far. At some point, I'm like, ah, this person's crazy. I'm going to get myself out of here. Or, <clears throat> and I don't know about you, but things change over time, right? So, it's, it's Father's Day. The, the way that I father my kids is different than the way my dad fathered me. Why? Because they're different. And so oftentimes we just love the best we can depending on the tools that we've been handed, the experiences that we've been given. But Jesus in this moment calls us to go further. He calls us to learn to love one another the way that he loved us. Which raises a question. How did Jesus love? And so what we're going to do is we're going to just Maybe reflect on this for a little bit, maybe 10, 20 minutes, and just think about, reflect on how Jesus loved, and then ask the question, can we do the same thing? Good? Anybody got a big barbecue to go to or something? Carl does, but nobody else. Everybody else is just like, whatever. I, Carl, Carl's living his best life over here. I had his motorcycle, going to barbecues, living it up. All right, you guys good? Ready to go? All right. Thought number one, how did Jesus love? Number one, Jesus loved his disciples by accepting them and calling them to be with him. Notice this picture here. Stole some pictures from the internet so it makes it fun. Here's Jesus hanging out with his disciples. Now here's the thing. They didn't have it all together. Do you guys have it all together? No, they didn't have it all together. They were all over the place. Crazy. And yet Jesus spent time with them. Jesus called them to be with them. He hung out with them. This past week, we hung out with these teenagers. I've come to the conclusion that our adult helpers are crazier than the teenagers are. Especially when it comes to competitive games. But we got to hang out with one another. And... Um, We're getting ready to leave on Friday morning, and both my kids decide that they're going to ride back in the car with me instead of riding back in the bus. And, and it was nice to have them have them with me. And I've been I've been real sentimental the last couple of months because my son's graduated from high school, and I've been thinking simply about spending time with them. And it was nice to spend that 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 time with them riding home, because you don't get that time much as your kids get older, right? Like, I, I for me as a parent, there, I've been thinking a lot about these, like, there's, there are certain times during, when they were with us or in the house, they're still in the house, but, you know, they're, they're doing their own thing now. They're teenagers. Evan's 19, so he's like, he's doing his own thing. But there's these little sweet spots, right, that you get with your kids, and if you're a young parent, there are these little sweet spots that you get with your kids. And there's these moments in time that you get to hang out with them. And then after, after a while, those, those times go. They grow up. They do things. They go do their own thing. And, and so I get this moment to hang out with my kids. Just drive home from, from Tennessee. And it's just this little sweet spot. In time, and we're having these conversations, and they're growing up, and they have their own opinions about life, 
and their own perspectives. And, and so just get this little bit of time just to, to hang out with them and to listen to them and to, to share with them. And they're, Evan, he's 19. He's, he's been smarter than me since the day that he could talk. So I'm never surprised when he shares his wisdom with me in the world because I'm, I expect him from him. But then I have my little 13-year-old Hellcat, Annabelle, and she's a crazy person. And, um, but getting, being able just to hang out with them, to hear their opinions, and to simply accept them for who they are and who they're becoming. Does this make sense? Jesus, I mean, look at this group. I imagine they had some pretty weird conversations from time to time, right? And yet, what does he do? Step one is he just simply hangs out with them. He loves them. He accepts them. He's just living, living it out with them. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. And so if we're going to be the types of people that love others the way that Jesus loves us, it begins by simply accepting and hanging out and spending time with those groups of people. Does this make sense to you guys? Because you only get a certain amount of time with a person. And um, and Jesus hung out with these guys, and you and I, we get to hang out with the people that we get to hang out with. Does this make sense to you guys? Because life is super weird. And so Jesus hangs out with his disciples. He loves them. He accepts them exactly where they are. And that you and I, we are called, if we're going to love like Jesus, is we learn to accept people and love them exactly where they are. Last week we talked about this idea that love, another name for love is understanding others. And that if we're going to truly love people in the way that Jesus loves, it means it requires that we're going to learn to hang out with them, listen to them, and understand them with no strings attached. Good? Could be a quick one. Second thought. Not only did Jesus love and accept his disciples and invite them to be with him, but Jesus loved his disciples by humbly serving them and serving others. In this picture, you have Jesus serving. Um, this is the story of, of feeding of the 5,000. But one of the things that you notice about Jesus is not only did he, he love and accept the people that were in his life, but he also served the people that were in his life, right? Like even before he calls Peter, for example, to come and follow him, he healed his mother-in-law the night before. Before he begins his like public ministry, he's at the wedding and they run out of wine and so he turns the water in, into wine. He serves people around him. And so if we're going to be the types of people that love like Jesus, then it also requires that we learn to serve those around us. Way before you push your agenda on them. Way before you push your opinions on people. Way before any of those types of things happen, we, you, you begin by serving and loving the people in your life. Does that make sense? And so, like, for example, this past week we went to um, 
when we were in Tennessee, Tennessee, we had a service project for one afternoon. And by one of the elementary schools, there was this pocket of a Latino community, Mexican and people, I think, from Honduras. Is that correct? And so we, we went there, and it wasn't much. We went there. We set up a grill and some games, and we cooked some hot dogs, and we had face painting. And um, this created this kind of like miniature carnival for them, for these kids to hang out in, right? Now, here's the thing about the world that you and I live in. We often want to push people to the edges, right? You guys remember high school? Anybody, did you guys go to high school? Okay, just making sure. When I was in high school, you go into the lunchroom, and there were tables set up. And you had some tables where all the popular kids sat, and you had other tables where the not-so-popular people sat. You guys remember this? Was this your experience? My experience? And if you're like me, you probably wanted to be invited to sit at the popular table. But it just depends on your social status and if you played sports and if you looked, you know, if you had nice clothes and all those kinds of things are factors in this ordeal, which is ridiculous, right? How many of us can agree that this is ridiculous? It is ridiculous and yet we're all still playing the same game, right? We don't call it that, but we still push people to the edges. If they don't look like us, if their skin color is different than us, if their social status isn't the same as us, we push people to the margins of our society. They're not welcome to sit at the popular table. And yet if you pay attention to Jesus' life, because this was true in his life as well, who did he hang out with? He didn't necessarily hang out with the popular crowd. He called a bunch of fishermen to be his followers. He called tax collectors. And by the way, like tax collectors and those, not that we like tax collectors now, right? But tax collectors in those days had completely, um, completely abandoned their people. They were working for the wrong side. And yet he invited those types of people, prostitutes, People who were sick with diseases that you could catch, like leprosy. Like, you don't want to catch leprosy. And yet, what did Jesus do? Jesus touched people who had leprosy. Prostitutes, sinners, anybody and everybody that their cult, the culture that he lived in could push to the edges. Those were the people, it appears to me, that Jesus went to hang out with. And how did he do it? He did it by serving them. And so if we're going to be the types of people that love like Jesus loved, then we're also called to serve not only one another, but also others. And who are the others? The others are the ones that we push to the margins. Good? Makes sense? And so we're hanging out at camp, and we've set up a a grill, and we're cooking hamburger, or we're cooking hot dogs, and we're handing out stuff, and we're painting faces. And, and we're doing it to open up our teenagers' eyes that this, that regardless of how bad you have it, there are people in this world that have it worse than you. Does this make sense? And so not only do we love and accept people for who they are, and, and we invite them into our lives, and we hang out with them, 
But then we are also called to serve one another and to, to demonstrate God's love. There's a difference between declaration and demonstration. And we demonstrate God's love to people around us. Which leads us to the next thought. Not only did Jesus accept his disciples, not only did Jesus serve his disciples, but Jesus also loved his disciples by doing what? By teaching them, by guiding them, and by sharing his wisdom with them. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, whoa, wait a minute here. I'm good with accepting people, and I'm good even with serving people. But I don't know if I can teach them stuff about God. How many people you have that thought right now? Good, me too. Same, same as you. Like what? I gotta teach people about what God's love is like? But here's the thing. You have your experiences. You have your life. You have the people in your life who've, who've shared things with you. You have your own way of understanding and seeing the world. You have the Spirit of God to guide you. And it's learning that we have people in our lives for a reason that we can share our insights and wisdom with. Yeah? And you don't have to have it all together. None of us have it all together. But it's learning to trust that we get to share with other people. I'm a firm believer I'm a firm believer that that we need to have people in our lives that we look up to, we follow, if you will, that we learn from, that mentor us and teach us how to to live in the world. That's you know, Father, we're Father's Day. Like I've had, I'm fortunate enough to have had a, the best dad in the world who's taught me how to try to navigate this thing we call life. But I'm a firm believer that you have those types of people in your life. But I'm also a firm believer that you learn to take those things and you share them with other people who are a little, they're not as further along on the journey as you are. Does that make sense? So I'll give you an example. I hang out with, I work out at a gym. There were people who learn how to fight each other, I guess. MMA gym. And I'm on a, text message with a bunch of guys from the gym. And they're all much younger than I am. I'm 43. These guys are like in their mid-20s. And our lives are like night and day. They're insane. Which I guess you would be insane if you wanted to be a fighter, but whatever. But these guys and the stuff that they talk about and the things that they send me are bonkers crazy. And they're, you know, they're, they're after all the things that you would think young, young people are after. They're trying to figure out how to get girls. They're trying to figure out how to get cool cars. And they're trying to figure out how to get money. That's mainly my observation of our conversations. Those are the three, the three main goals. Girls, money, cars. Right? You could make a t-shirt out of that. Cash, chicks, cars. Three C's. <laughs> That's terrible. So we have these conversations all the time. And these are the things that they're that they're going after. Now I'm, I don't know it all, but every now and again I'll share with them. Maybe we should think about treating women, women like this instead of like that. Maybe cash isn't the only thing that we need. Obviously, you need some so you can pay your bills and feed yourself, but. 
who really cares about getting rich? And man, those are nice cars, but do you really need that kind of stuff? Does this make sense? And so these are people in my life that I just kind of share some things with them, hoping that from time to time it will change them. Good? I'll give you, and, and here's, I got a message from one of them in between services. But I'll read it to you real fast. It says, Happy Father's Day, Mark. You're a killer dad, not only to your family, but kind of to all of us. Take it easy today. Now, that's just my life. But here's the thing. You have those people in your life, too. Yeah? You have those people in your life that you can share God's wisdom with. And it doesn't have to be much. Like, I'm not... I know I get up here and talk, but I'm just an idiot. Hillbilly dude from Franklin, Ohio. All right? So you can do the same. And it's learning how to share those things with us. And I, and I think of life like life's interesting. It's like the... it's. Being alive is like riding on a lazy river. You guys been on, you guys been to the lazy river at Kings Island or the beach or the Great Wolf Lodge, right? You're just floating down the river and you're floating with certain people for a while. And then at some point they decide that they, they want to get out and they get out and they go up the stairs and then somebody else comes down the stairs and now you're riding with them for a while, right? We're all just floating along in life. And so we learn how to spend time with those people that we're floating with for a while and then those people are going to go and new people are going to come along and we learn how to share our lives together. So we learn to accept one another. We learn how to serve one another. We learn how to share the wisdom that we've gathered with one another, which leads us to one last thought. Not only did Jesus love, accept, serve, share his wisdom but Jesus loved his disciples by forgiving and sacrificing himself for them. And that the ultimate display of this love for us is this picture of his sacrifice on a cross. Now, I don't believe that Jesus died so that God would love you. I know sometimes we grow up in churches whether the theology is, is the reason why Jesus dies is so that God would accept you and love you. I think that the, what the cross is and Jesus' death and death on the cross is his display of his acceptance of you. That regardless, the worst that we could do to him, he would still love us. That's what I think the, that, what that picture looks like or what that means. And that if we're going to be the types of people that love like Jesus loved, then it's going to call us to learn how to love and sacrifice ourselves for other people. Yeah? Now, it's Father's Day. I think that women get this intuitively. I think women understand sacrifice way better than men do. Why? Well, because, one, if you get pregnant, something else just kind of takes over your body. Right? Right? So you're no longer in control. Now there's something else and they're growing, which, by the way, is the weirdest thing on planet Earth. I can't even imagine having something inside of me that's alive. That's a freaking creepy idea. But 
the, uh, but for women, they understand intuitively this, is this self-sacrifice because they're, they're not their own. There's something else now I'm now carrying, right? But for men, we don't get it. Like, we just want to do what we want to do. And so we have to be terribly intentional about love and sacrifice in a way that women don't have to be. And, and so for myself, it's, it's learning that it's not about me. If I'm going to love the way that Jesus loved, then it begins with first the way that I love my wife, and then the way that I love my children, and then obviously the way that I love other people in my life. And that it's not about me lording over and it's all about me, but it's about me making the sacrifice to try to, to lift them up and push them up so that they can have the best. Yeah? And this also requires that from time to time we're going to learn to forgive. Because if we're going to be people that live in relationships with other people, then we're going to have moments where there's some problems in those relationships. Right? And so we just learn how to forgive. And if you don't believe in forgiveness, I didn't either. But it's over, over the years I've learned that it's the only way to be. Good? So the way that we learn to love like Jesus is, number one, we learn how to accept people exactly where they are. We learn to love by listening to them and understanding them. We continue to display this love by serving the people that are around us in our lives. We share the wisdom that we've learned about life. And, and we also are, understand that we are learners. I learn from my kids as much as I teach them. Actually, I probably learn more from them than they learn from me. And then ultimately it's about sacrificing what I want for the benefit of the group. Yeah? Good? And this is, why is this important? Let's go back to the verse. 34, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, what's it say? Everyone will know that you are my disciples if you, this is the way. The way that the world is going to know that we are called by Christ is not by the things that we are against, by the things that we protest, by the politicians that we try to vote in, by all of that kind of nonsense. That is not the way that we prove that we follow Jesus. The way that we prove that we follow Jesus is by the way that we love the world. Good? All right. Now you guys know. So go do it. All done. Two questions. What's God saying to you? And what's one thing that you can do about it? So we're going to take a few moments simply to reflect on this, and then we're going to share communion together. And so, Holy Spirit, we ask that you come, that you just speak to our hearts in these next few moments.
Right, amen. If you have one of these, grab it and take it out. Every week we we take part in this this meal as a reminder that we are welcome at Jesus' table. And the reason why that's significant is because in the ancient world, to be invited to eat with someone was the most, one of the most intimate things that you could take part in. To be invited to eat with someone was this display that they, they are not ashamed of you, that they love you, that they accept you. And, and so we do this every week to be reminded that we are accepted at Jesus' table. And even at his table, he had those there who would betray him. He had those there who would deny him. And he had those there who, they all, they all deserted him. And yet they were all welcome to take part. And so for our, for our tradition here, our custom here is that if you're willing to take part, you are welcome to take part because everyone is welcome at Jesus' table. And for us, we always pray this prayer together. And so pray this with me. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So glory to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, he took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, this is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took a cup of wine. He said, this is the blood of the new covenant, the new relationship that's been shed for you. And he gave it to his disciples. He said, do this in remembrance of me. Later, reflecting on this, the Apostle Paul said that every time you and I, we gather and we take this bread and we drink from this cup, we're proclaiming the Lord's death. Until he returns, which means we remember what Jesus did, that he was broken and he was poured out for the sake of the world. And that as the body of Christ, we are reminded that we are called to do the same, to be broken and poured out for the people in our lives. And so take the bread and look at the person next to you and say, the body of Christ, which is broken for you. And now the cup, the blood of Christ was shed for you. All right. Amen. So I'll stand, grab hands with the person next to you if you like. All right, you guys get to all that? All right. There's a dad joke for Father's Day there. But, yeah, if you want to get your picture made, there's a backdrop for selfies or whatever and kids at teenagers at 10 on Friday and something else. All baptized. If you want to get baptized, let dad know. Good? All right, let's pray and go home. So, Father, we just thank you for this day. We thank you for our fathers 
um, who've influenced us, who've loved us well, who've been great examples. We thank you that ultimately we have you as a father as well to guide us, to show us the way. And so we ask that you just be with us this week as we go. May we learn to love in the way that Jesus loves. So Holy Spirit, we ask that you guide us and keep us. And in Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. See you guys.